Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. The Red Apple Media Podcast Network presents... This is Protecting America. Now, here's Emmy-winning journalist Rita Cosby. And welcome to another edition of Protecting America. I'm Rita Cosby. Violent crime is rising across our country, and some recent cases have shown how dangerous it has become. A EMT worker, a beloved female, longtime veteran of the force of FDNY, a lieutenant there, stabbed to death in broad daylight. And separately, a father visiting his son's college gets killed when two repeat offenders opened fire in a hotel lobby that he just happened to be staying there at the hotel and was getting coffee at the time. So why are we seeing so many cases these days and what can be done to change this very disturbing trend? Joining us now is former NYPD detective Angel Masonette. Angel, great to have you here on this podcast. Thank you so much for having me. You know, this is such a huge concern. There is so much, it seems like, unprovoked, you know, violent crime, people getting stabbed, as we talked about this EMT worker, Lieutenant Russo, in broad daylight, others on the subway, but it seems to be happening much more frequently. What's your reaction, first off, to just what looks like skyrocketing numbers in many major cities across America? Well, I mean, there's a trend, right? They're blue cities. Right. We have leftist Democrat policies, progressive policies, bill reform, things of that nature under the guise of social justice. They are, unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they are arresting black and Latino perpetrators in these countries, in these cities. Right. Because these are the people who are committing these crimes and they're releasing them back into black and brown neighborhoods, black and uh, Hispanic neighborhoods to terrorize law abiding black and Hispanic citizens. That's just the reality of it. I mean, recently there was a gentleman stabbed to death on an MTA bus. I mean, it doesn't stop. Uh, Random attacks on the subway with screwdrivers, hammers. These people are repeat offenders, and they're constantly let out without any consequences. You know, you talked about repeat offenders. Why are we still even talking about, you know, no cash bail? It's just amazing to me that there are politicians in this day and age with these huge crime numbers that still somehow think, you know, no punishment for criminals, even repeat offenders, that somehow that that's a good thing. So they're playing, in my opinion, I think they're playing partisan politics, right? Instead of saying, hey, we got it wrong, we missed the mark here, let's reform the bail reform, like Kathy Hochul, right? She could initiate something to reform the bail reform, right? She could leave it up to the legislature and they could try to take a look at the bail reform laws and try to fix it, to raise the age law, things like that. Instead of them saying, hey, we missed the mark, they're doubling down because, you know, they think that it's some sort of loyalty to their party. They want to keep minorities dependent upon the Democrats. They want to keep minorities dependent upon them because it lines their pockets, it keeps them in office. And they do it, again, under the guise of social justice. And people are being bamboozled into thinking that these people are helping them because they portray it as, hey, listen, even Biden said it the other day, you have Hispanics 
and blacks that are disproportionately affected by these, you know, laws, which is insulting to me again, and I've told you this before, as a minority, because it's like we're predisposed to being criminals. We're not. We're not. You know, we aren't automatically criminals when we come out of our mother's wombs. You know, we thrive, we live, we get good jobs, we contribute to society. So by them saying that they're doing this under the guise of social justice or they're doing this for social justice reasons, it's an insult. It really is. Are you surprised that it seems in this climate there are some that are just unabashed, even still about pushing for this no-cash bail? Well, yeah, it is surprising to me because, I mean, look, recently Lee Zeldin, right? There was a shooting right outside, basically right outside of his home. He's a candidate who's running against Hope. I mean, you know, until it affects these people directly, unfortunately, you know, and I don't wish bad upon anyone. I want to make that clear. But until it affects, you know, someone in their family or someone they love or it happens down the street or on their front porch, it seems like they just don't get it. It seems like they just don't get it. And it's really tragic because these people are in position to help people, and instead they're helping themselves. What's your reaction to another New York politician, Tiffany Caban, who she has been basically going around part of sort of a guide, if you will, saying, hey, here's the what you should do if you run into someone who's mentally ill. Call 311 versus call 911. What's your reaction to that? Well, there's a few components, right? If someone is mentally ill, clinically diagnosed as being mentally ill. First of all, a person on the street is not going to know that. Second of all, if someone's having a manic episode in their arm, they aren't absolved for responsibility of, you know, a crime that they may commit if they're armed with a knife or a gun for that matter, and they're quote-unquote mentally ill. Calling to one is not going to help, right? You're going to have to wait hours before someone responds. In a situation like that, going up, I mean, part of her suggestions are, you know, hey, this is not right. Stop doing that. Spill a soda. Didn't I go to school with you? Things that, I mean, it's ridiculous, right? You have to call the police, you have to back the police, you have to let the police get there and do their jobs, whether it be de-escalation or using physical force or possibly even deadly force to mitigate the threat, because a lot of times that's what happens, right? Police have to be called so they can mitigate the threat and they can protect civilian lives. Unfortunately, Tiffany Caban, like much of the New York City Council, they tout themselves as police abolitionists, right? They fund the police people. So... They don't want to put that out there because, again, it goes against what got them where they are right now. So you believe it's all about politics? 100%. It has to be. Unless, again, like I said, I'm not wishing bad on anyone, but if someone Tiffany Caban loves gets affected directly by a crime, by a violent crime somewhere, maybe even within her district, maybe then she'll get it. You know, again, I don't wish that on anyone, but, you know, it's like as a New Yorker, as a native New Yorker, as someone who's a father, my daughter takes the subways every day, you know, you worry and you say, well, what is it going to take? You know, are these people blind? Are they willfully ignorant? I mean, we don't know, but they're just not getting it. You know, they're doubling down on these stupid policies and it's helping no one. It's helping no one. How dangerous is it to also approach somebody who is mentally ill? Because obviously there's some form, I would assume, of mental illness with almost anybody who is a violent criminal. But to suddenly say, hey, yeah, go over and talk with them and interact with them, isn't that like the worst thing to do? It is. It is the worst thing that you can do. I mean, trained professionals get attacked and killed dealing with mentally ill individuals. And now there's another thing to quickly point out. There's another part of this. 
not every mentally ill person is a murderer and not every murderer is mentally ill. You know, blaming everything on mentally ill or mental illness, I should say, is an insult to people who are striving every day to survive, right? That who are mentally ill, clinically diagnosed, who take their meds, who go to therapy, who go to support groups, who go to work every day, who take the subway, and who don't kill people, and who don't get into any problems or issues. So for those who want to constantly blame this, you know, because the other component is if the individual who killed the FDNY lieutenant, if they say that, okay, this person has mental illness, it doesn't go against crime statistics. And as morbid and as crazy as that sounds, if they start dismissing this as part of merely a mental health crisis, as opposed to the crime crisis that's out of control that they helped facilitate, then it makes them look better. By them, I mean, you know, the likes of Mayor Adams and the city council and so on and so on. In other words, it doesn't go necessarily towards crime. It goes towards mental illness, is your point. Correct. And now another thing is, you know, where is all the money that was supposed to go to thrive New York City under Bill de Blasio? His wife was supposed to have this mental illness program, these mental illness treatment program throughout New York City. And she was given $850 million, close to a billion dollars, right? By the way, he took a billion dollars from the NYPD under the defund the police craziness. And where is it? Where are all these centers? Where are all these intake centers around the boroughs that were supposed to take place? You have Tish James, the attorney general of New York State, going after Donald Trump over and over and over again over nonsense. But has there been an investigation to thrive New York City? I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Are they looking to find out where all that money went? I haven't seen it. Yeah, there's so many questions. And why are we seeing more people with mental illness, if you believe that's the case? I believe that the city has not done enough to help people who are truly mentally ill. Again, with this drive New York City money, it's gone. There are not enough programs to help these people. You know, now you have these migrants that are being bussed in and they're kicking homeless people out. And another thing, as a police officer, I was a patrol cop for 12 years before I became a detective. Not every person who's homeless is mentally ill or wants to be in an apartment or home. In my experience, I would say the vast majority of them enjoy living on the street. They enjoy the freedom. They enjoy being where they are. So I don't know if it's necessarily an uptick in mental illness as opposed to the people who are really clinically diagnosed as being mentally ill and who are out there on the street and don't have resources. I think we need to backtrack and follow the money and find out why there aren't more resources for the people who are really clinically diagnosed as being mentally ill Meanwhile, these politicians line their pockets and they pretend that they're helping people under the guise of social justice with bail reform and things of that nature. Non-carceral district attorneys like Alvin Bragg, I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. So if these people go into prison or they go into jail, rather, after they're arrested and they're released immediately, they can't get any help. They can't get any mental health resources. They can't take advantage of anything because they're right back on the street because Alvin Bragg is pretending that he's helping minorities by allowing minority criminals back into minority neighborhoods to terrorize law-abiding minority citizens. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. 
Do you believe also family members are doing enough with people with mental illness? I think of the case, sadly, of those two NYPD officers, remember, who were killed. And the mother, it was a domestic dispute. They show up. Turns out the guy had some mental illness and they go to the back room. Of course, we know what happened. Tragically, the guy took both of their lives, two amazing heroes. And it sounds like the mother in that case didn't really let the, you know, the officers know, look, my son has a, you know, severe issue of mental illness, violence, all this other stuff. Are family members doing enough? No, they absolutely aren't. Detectives Mora and Rivera in January were killed. You know, no, they're not doing enough. And it doesn't have to even be mental illness. If she knew that her son had a propensity for violence, if she knew he did not like the police, if she knew that he was on social media and getting riled up by these posts, by these quote-unquote activists, by the frauds like Black Lives Matter, things like that, they're supposed to let the police know. And obviously they're not doing enough, but they're the first people to stand on a podium with attorney Ben Crump behind them to say, hey, listen, or Al Sharpton to say, hey, you know, my son, my daughter, my brother, my husband was killed by the police because they were acting violently, but I want money behind it. So no, they're not doing enough, but they're really quick to go try to collect the paycheck. How much is this defund the police movement and attitude, how much is that also just making the job so much tougher for our law enforcement? Well, there's a lot of components to it, right? You have police officers who are leaving through attrition, they're retiring, they're going to different municipalities to work. Police, I can arguably say that police officers right now are the most marginalized members of society. You have government officials, AOCs, and the like, right? The squad, quote unquote, saying abolish ICE, which is a law enforcement entity, defund the police. They tout themselves as police abolitionists, like I said, like this Tiffany Caban. When you teach, when you're giving this to your constituents and you're feeding it to them on a daily basis constantly about how police are the enemy, it takes a toll. And you have police officers committing suicide in record numbers, right? Because of this. They don't have the backing of the politicians. Leadership is lacking, right? You have these people who are placed in leadership positions who essentially become politicians and they forget that they're cops. They don't back their rank and file. They feel attacked. The rank and file feels attacked by the public as well. And it's taking a mental toll on these police officers. And then you have Mayor Adams on top of that. He doubles down on this illegal vaccine mandate. And you've had over 2,000 NYPD officers leave the force this year alone due to the vaccine mandate and other things. And he's continuing to fight to continue to fire police officers over not getting the vaccine. It's insane. It makes no sense. How just tough is it, too, when you're out there on the force and you feel that there are people who feel emboldened, like the criminals who feel emboldened? Yes, absolutely. Listen, you know, if you want to record the police on your cell phone, stand back and record away, right? If the police aren't doing nothing, anything wrong, they have nothing to worry about. Record from a distance. Don't get in our faces. Don't invade our personal space. Don't try to intervene when we're, when we're conducting arrests. You saw recently in the 3-2 in Harlem, there was an officer who was trying to take a person uh, into custody who was wanted for attempted murder who had a ghost gun. And this young lady comes over to him, gets in his face, and takes a swing at him. He hits her, she falls to the ground, and everybody loses their mind, right? Police have a right to defend themselves. Police have a right to their personal space. They have a right to be able to conduct their job without being interfered with. But again, these politicians are emboldening criminals to attack the police, to hate the police, and to paint the police as the enemy when there could be nothing further from the truth. 
How tough is the morale of the police force right now? Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. Listen, the NYPD is working without a contract. They've been working without a contract for years. You know, again, they're leaving the city in droves, right? People are vesting out. They're leaving before their time is up. They're not even getting a pension. And they're going to different municipalities. The morale is in the toilet, for lack of a better term. Again, you don't have politicians who are backing you. You don't have leaders, quote unquote, who turned into politicians who are backing you. And let me tell you something, and I know this to be true. The community wants us out there. The community wants us out there working. The good people in the community, which is the vast majority of the community, want us out there doing our jobs. But they're afraid. They're afraid to say anything. They're afraid to come out and openly back the police because they live amongst, unfortunately, a criminal element because they're stuck. And if you express your support for the police, people take that as you're not supporting us being the criminals and people who love them. So it's quite the conundrum for people who live in the inner city and have no way out. So not only is the morale for the police low, but those who support the police who live in the inner cities, who live in these areas who are being decimated by crime, they don't have morale either, the morale to support the police, and they feel like they're trapped. That's a really tough conundrum to be in. You know, also, it feels like criminals just feel so brazen these days, too. I think of a recent case, that sad case of the woman who was being beaten. We saw it on the videotape. Thank goodness she survived. 33-year-old Elizabeth Gomes. This was in the Queens subway. The guy, you know, said that, you know, she ignored him on the subway. And then afterwards, he suddenly came out of nowhere. We all saw that horrible beating. The guy gets arrested. And he basically says, you know, I wasn't trying to kill her. I was just trying to give her a real good, you know, blank whooping. You know, I mean, the brazenness of these people, it's unbelievable. Yes, it is. And it's unacceptable. Again, but the politicians double down and they say that they're allowing these people to go free, you know, because minorities are disproportionately affected by these laws. And it's, there could be nothing further from the truth. Ms. Gomes is a minority, and she was attacked by a person who looked like her. Same skin color, same demographic. This is not going to get any better if you do not hold criminals responsible and give them consequences. It's like having a bad kid, right? If you don't take control of your child when they're you know, young and they're doing bad things and you just let them do what they want and you don't give them any consequences, eventually they graduate into doing worse and worse things. And that's what's happening with these criminals. They're facing zero consequences for their actions, and they're going back, and they're, you know, repeat offenders. This individual who killed the iron worker on the subway recently, you know, he had been arrested for essentially the same thing, and he was let go. He was let go, and nobody cares. And he was let go, and he went out there, and now he killed someone. I mean, it's just insanity. It doesn't make sense. What is your advice for citizens out there on a day-to-day basis and also come the midterm elections? Well, the advice is you have to vote for pro-law enforcement and pro-law, not only law enforcement, candidates who support law and order. You have to vote for people who want to truly make a change for the people who are in the city, for the people who are in these blue cities across the country who are suffering at the hands of these criminals. You have to hold these politicians accountable. You have to vote them out. You have to essentially fire them, quote unquote, right? By voting them out, you're essentially firing them for not doing their job. 
You have to vote for candidates who care about your lifestyle and your livelihood, who truly care about your community, who are not trying to line their pockets, who are not bashing the police officers, bashing the police, bashing law enforcement, who are not using law enforcement as an arm of the Democratic Party, right? You have to get them out, get them fired, and try to turn this around before it's too late. Is it too late? No, it's getting there. It's getting there, but I don't think it's too late yet. We have the midterms. I think if we fail in these midterms to turn this around, then I think we might get past the point of no return. Wow. Very, very powerful message. Everybody, be sure to download, share, and also subscribe to this podcast. Angel Masonette, retired NYPD detective. So great to have you here on the podcast. And also thank you for all you do to keep our nation safe. It's really been eye-opening to have you here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. And everybody, I'll be back soon with another great edition of Protecting America. And of course, you can catch me every weeknight, 10 p.m. to midnight on the legendary WABC Radio. This is Rita Cosby, and thanks for all you do to protect America. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all-natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.